announcement. The hemp revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. You can hear the stories of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating the business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game forever. Introducing your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. coming to you from Denver, Colorado. This is another badass rock star episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you are excited, let me know. And if you're a consumer looking for products that you can trust to deliver the results you're looking for, check us out at medicalsecrets.com. If you're a budding entrepreneur or existing business owner and you're hitting bottlenecks or glass ceilings in your business or just not sure how to get started, check us out at theemeraldcircle.com. We are happy to help in today's episode. And as you guys know, we are super passionate about telling the stories of the people who are behind the products and brands that you love. Nothing like a good story to kick off the day. And in today's episode, we are going to be visiting with our guest who is a brain cancer survivor who discovered CBD as a solution for his full recovery. This is such an incredible story. You guys are going to just die with bad nerve damage throughout the body. It led this condition led to horrible pain and sleeplessness for years and years. He was able to solve the challenges around pain, anxiety, sleep challenges, all with CBD. And I know a lot of you guys who are using CBD right now or even creating products have heard incredible stories like this. Nothing like a nothing like a good testimony to kick off your passion and purpose for starting your very own CBD retail store and web store to bring in the highest quality affordable CBD products so that other people just like this could benefit from this incredible movement and medicine. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Mr. Stu Meyer. Hi, Stu. Hi. That was I nice can't time. even believe I'm talking to you right now. Like, I uh, cannot believe that you beat cancer of the brain of all places. Tell me a little bit about your story. Well, you can see the scar. Oh my, no, I mean, you can hardly see it, but yeah, I can well, now that right. you pointed it out. The doctor was really great. Well, it all started in, I had my surgery Cinco de Mayo 2015. So the whole story actually started January of 2015. I was just in a normal sales call. I used to be in the software business. I'm sure we'll talk more about that. And I was in a normal presentation and all of a sudden I just experienced like stroke-like symptoms. You know, in other words, I got caught on a letter, I, 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 like that. So in front of about five people I didn't know. And I just, you know, just blanked out and you know, went into a deep sweat and repeated this letter. And fortunately for me, I was actually at that meeting because I think if this happened at my normal home office, I probably would have 
you know, passed it on as something I ate or something like that, because it only lasted for 45 seconds. But the folks there were very insistent on, you know, they saw something and they're like, you have two choices. We're either going to call an ambulance, we're going to drive you to the hospital of your choice. And they drove me, people I didn't know, they drove me and they followed me in my own car and they caravaned me to the emergency room. And at the emergency room, we discovered that there was a little gray spot in my brain. And then the next day, I went in for a couple more MRIs and I met with the neurologists and the neuroanalysis people. And they determined right there that there was a tumor on my brain. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> and that was really shocking news, you know. And they didn't know it was cancer yet because they just can't tell. And they were, you know, then they, what happens immediately is you go through a number of MRIs and they try to figure out if it's a cancer that was started in your brain, like called a glioma, mm-hmm. or it's cancer that's somewhere else because a lot of really deadly cancer shows up in your brain. And, you know, by the time that happens, you're, you're one step in the grave. And so after about uh, 12 MRIs and a couple of functional MRIs at UCLA, they determined that I was operable, right? And that's a very rare kind of thing in brain cancer. That's why there's only a 3% survival rate because most of the brain is really inoperable. And in fact, by the time I got the surgery, my doctor had said that the had cancer had gone to stage three and that it was two millimeters away from the main vein in your head. And so that's how close I was to not be able to have this operation. Wow. Yeah. So Cinco de Mayo comes up (laughs) and it was like, I I planned it around my third son's bar mitzvah. So his bar mitzvah was a week earlier, you know, there was crazy times. And it was a nine hour surgery in which, you know, I was awake for about six hours of it. No, stop it. Yeah, that's how they do brain surgery because a brain is like hard to tell good brain from bad brain. And in other words, and a brain tumor is not a well-defined tumor. It's just part of the brain, gray matter. And so they have to keep you awake and they ask you questions over and over the same questions and they map your brain. So they know like, oh, we've taken too much out. You know, they don't want to hurt you. Yeah, right. So it's a nine person crew in the room. And there's a lab right there. So they take a little brain out. They're like, bad or good, you know? Yeah. And so, and you don't, rem- I don't remember any of it, except for about, you know, what I think is a couple minutes, but I'm sure it wasn't, play like a movie in my head, full color. I, I actually got awake, you know, enough that they were like, hey, and I understood what they were saying. And, you know, I heard the music in the background and I talked to the doctor and I started you know, as I'm a sales guy by trade, I started asking them like, hey, where'd you go to college and stuff like that. <laughs> Are you qualified for this job? <laughs> That's about the only two minutes of the surgery I really remember. I just, you know, it's, it seems weird, but. Um, oh my God, right yeah. now, that just like completely freaks me. I'm sorry. Yeah. It freaks me out totally yeah. and completely. Okay, I'll tell you more about that, why that freaks me out later. Yeah, so. But then the recovery starts, you know, and I was 48 at the time and I was in good shape. You know, I had done, I, I was, I, I do CrossFit all the time. And, and I think a lot of that helped me in my recovery, you know, just being in good shape. So just, yeah. you know, to your audience, like, don't get out of shape. You never know what's going to hit. <laughs> and then what happens is you recover from that. And then I had 31 radiation hits to the head, which was really bad. That's the worst thing. You know, I had to go through some speech therapy after that. 
wow. in my speech. And then I did a 50 week cycle of chemo. And this is the traditional way of, oh yeah, it, this is the traditional way of beating this cancer down. It's kind of like my sledgehammer. You know, it's a very, it's been, that's, this has been their method for 15 or so years, I guess, mm-hmm. probably 20 by now. And it's a proven system. And if you go through these three pieces and you, and you survive it, then you have a pretty good survival, you know, chance of survival. So what they think they did was they bought me maybe 10 to 15 years, right? Wow. Wow. Um, it's not a permanent solution. And, but, you know, it could be, there's an 11% chance that, you know, it, the, that the tumor will not come back, but that leaves 89% chance of it coming back. Right. And then the doctors are like, well, we, we hope that there's new medicine. And so they're working on a lot of good medicine as far as like uh, being able to control the, um, the tumors in your brain. Yeah, hopefully, and hopefully they won't have to go back in. But today, I have to go every four months. I do an MRI. That's the only way they can keep testing my brain is I do an MRI, and then they read the results, and then they you know send me on my merry way. So um, every four months, I have to kind of go through this like you know, you know, it's a routine. I mean, I'm not worried about it too much, but you know, they so far it's so good, right? But you know, I'm, sure, I'm sure at one point it'll be. We'll, come, we'll cross that bridge when we have to. Wow, so, that's yeah. an incredible story. Yeah, thank you. And then, okay, so what happened was, obviously when you have your brain kind of messed with, you have a lot of nerve damage, right? And so, yeah. and then the worst part is that I developed really horrible neuropathy throughout my whole body. I mean, I was in so much pain, nerve pain, which is a deadening type of pain. And it's also like there would be shooting pains. So the middle of the night, I would be screaming, you know, in the middle of the night or during the day while I'm trying to drive, I'd have these mm. nerve pains and mostly in my lower, you know, in my feet and legs. And, you know, what the doctors do is what the doctors do. They, you know, they try to cure your pain, right? So they, they put me on gabapentin, they put me on tramadol. And I really got hooked on tramadol, right? Because tramadol is like, you know, one of those drugs where if you Google it, they'll tell you like, you know, doctors think it's like a, you know, a strong Tylenol. They kind of, it's not, it's not. It's It's not. (laughs) It's full blown opioid. And I had to take it every four hours and it didn't help. It was not helpful with the pain at all. And so I was, you know, I, I self-medicated with a lot of pot and tramadol and Advil and Tylenol and anything I could do to get the pain to like subside enough so I can go to sleep. I didn't sleep for more than an hour for like three years. And that was, you know, that compounded my problems and now I can't really function at work. I'm addicted to tramadol. Every five, four hours I've got to take a tramadol or I just get super cranky. I mean, I ended up yelling at customers a couple of times I was, you know, this is not me. I was, you know, I'm a very <laughs> professional corporate sales guy at the time. And I was, you know, hor- I, I was, I was, it was horrible, right? Yeah, so, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I just, when you said that, I just got this image of Seth Rogen, like <laughs> just losing his noodle in, a, in uh, some sort of bad rom-com. Like, yeah. I can't, I went through my own incredible pain syndrome where similar situation, just totally overprescribed to try and eliminate my pain. But in fact, we were just layering symptoms on top of the syndrome. And I think I just yelled at my mom a lot, but. 
I was in a very embarrassing situation where I was in a group sales meeting and I don't know, they just, you know, they were, they were not doing what I asked them to do. <laughs> Anyways, I got a little bit triggered in that meeting. <laughs> you don't want to see me mean, but so I needed a strategy. I mean, I couldn't live like this, you know, I was like, yeah. cool. so I've started with a drug addiction specialist to get off the tramadol. And that was like a five-month process. I just eliminated a quarter pill every week. Wow. So I went through this. I went. I tried a cold turkey it a couple times, but that was very unsuccessful. And so once I got that down, then I'm you know I'm totally in pain, right? You know. Mm-hmm. And then I I knew that like I was I'm I'm a pot smoker pretty much my whole life. I'll put that out here. But that wasn't really helping at all. But I knew that there was a solution out there and I knew it was going to be around CBD. I just couldn't find any good CBD back then. And so this was like... When know, was this? I would say two years ago. I started... Yeah. Really? I mean, the, the landscape is unstable now. I two, two and a half years ago, that's right when I started to get familiar yeah. with the compound myself. And I was just like a company that sold for $90 million today was one of my first clients. And I was yeah. like, this is, this is a terrible product. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been going, for- yeah, I, I had been going to a dispensary and the guy who owned it, who we called chief, I think, you know, he had given me a bag of a hundred doobies. You know, he was real nice to me and he had given me some CBD oil. He's like, try this. I paid 150 bucks for it. You know, it was like a hundred milligram, 30 out, 30 milliliter bottle. And I got, you know, I was like, oh, okay, this tastes horrible, but man, this may, this may be the thing. And then I, you know, I spent hundreds of dollars on the internet buying stuff, buying creams. And I finally discovered a cream that was, you know, a CBD cream, right? That had emu in it. And it actually did a good job. It, you know, like I tried a bunch of cream, bunch of full spectrum salves type creams and stuff on my feet. And they just were like smelly and didn't do very well. But the emu one did a good job of penetrating in and I got some relief off it. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm, you know, I'm going to rub this on my feet four or five times a day. And that's how I started with CBD. And then I finally found, you know, I went through all the different kinds of creams on the market. I did a bunch of like buying and not rejecting. I found I, I was like thinking that CBD capsules was the way to go. I didn't think about tincture. And then I found some tincture that would work, but then it was like not strong enough because I'm a big dude. I'm 230 pound guy, you know, so you have to, you have to have a strong tincture. And back then there was like 300 milligram tincture was $99, you know? Yeah. And, and so what happened was I figured it out. You know, it was like, I figured it out. It was like the creams and the tincture combination was fantastic. Right. And it worked. And I totally got off all my other drugs. I sleep now like a baby. And I really, I kind of tell people all the time, I live a pain-free existence. Like I don't have horrible foot pain. I mean, they burn and stuff, you know, but it's totally reasonable. And I know I have a good strategy. And that's really, you know, that's it. So that's, you know, that's what you want in, in pain, I think. It's a good strategy that you could apply as often as you want to get out of pain. And that's really what CBD, what, what CBD allowed me to do. So. Man, what an incredible story. I can't believe, like, I mean, I can believe it. I have, pers- as I mentioned, I've personally gone through some pretty tumultuous times with the traditional medical system over prescribing me as a teenager. 
And I was by the hair of my chinny chin escaped becoming an, a statistic, you know, mm. like we need another Hispanic, you know, oh. addict yeah. <laughs> in, in life. And I, when I noticed after going through dozens and dozens of doctors and dozens and dozens of, you know, experimental testing and so on and so forth, still undiagnosed, I finally came in contact with a holistic neurologist who introduced me to my endocannabinoid system, taught me about my, my nerve network, taught me about strain selection, micro dosing, phytonutrient, like all of these different things. And the number, I mean, I experienced incredible transformation, three months off of all of my prescription meds, five, six months off of all of my over-the-counters. Within nine months, I had lost a hundred pounds. And the one thing that I recognized though, and, and actually it's what you're saying and how you're saying it, you have to have a strategy to address your pain. I didn't even realize that the number one transformation that I experienced that allowed the other things to take place was my confidence, my confidence and comfortability, knowing that whatever I was going to do was actually going to work. And I think before that, I was just like, so concerned with getting out of pain that I wasn't worried about whether or not I was going to experience long-term side effects from that. It was just a matter of like, just get out of pain. You know, yeah. if you put your hand on the stove, you want to get it away as fast as humanly possible. But we're working from this other perspective where I, I had to look at my whole body to be well and feel well, or even just normal it was really about building the confidence in myself and my ability to get past that point of the insanity of the, that the pain can, that the pain can cause and just get into a rhythm and a routine that built my confidence in the results that I was experiencing. And from there I was able to eliminate the other things, but it wasn't until you just said what you said, the way that you said it, you have to have a strategy you can depend on that, you know, was going to work that, you know, the pain becomes manageable at that point And, and it's not such a severe situation and the panic subsides. Like I used to panic knowing that I was g getting into my pain syndrome and oh my God, it was awful. Yeah. Pain is not fun. No, it's not. It's crazy making. Absolutely. Yeah. So you went through this whole crazy process and trying to figure out how to manage, you know, the side effects of your surgery and cancer diagnosis and recovery and so on and so forth. Then through the challenges of finding a product that would work, is that how you entered into the CBD space? Where did that sort of, where did you turn consumer to business owner? Well, okay, so that's kind of like so. Um, so I've been in the software business for thirty years, you know, kind of the same software. You know, I, I did ERP systems, which are like business financial packages. I did customer relationship management packages and document management. It takes a lot of brain power, you know. You, you have to get in the mind of the customer. You got to understand the processes got to be able to come up with a good project plan, figure out all the bits and pieces to the new software, connecting to their old software. There's a lot that goes on in software development for, you know, the kind of stuff work I was doing. And really my brain wasn't there anymore. I, I didn't do that well. Like I, I was the top sales guy for years and I just couldn't pull it together anymore. I mean, I, 
I want to say I, I totally failed, but I wasn't nearly as successful as I once was, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I know, and, and I, it was like a thing where I had always worked for myself or been a, a minor partner in most of my businesses. And, but after my surgery, I didn't have that kind of confidence. You know, I was like trying to still recover. I hadn't been out of work for two years. And so I was getting pretty close to, you know, being out of money, let's say. <laughs> I'd say that's right. <laughs> I was already out of money. It's better. Play. All, let's be honest. <laughs> I know. I, I needed a job, right? So I had to go and I had to go back into my old world, and I didn't fit in there anymore. My brain just didn't work the same. I mean, I, you know, I put deals together, but I was never really happy, and I was miserable, and so that all added to my problems. You know, so here I, I had a great career for thirty years. And I couldn't really do it anymore, you know? And even though I had some success and people were like, oh, you can do it, Stu, and you're, you're this, you're that, it just wasn't there for me. And if you don't have passion about what you do or if you don't like what you do, it's like a work, you know? I don't want to work for a living. I want to, you know, have a nice career and do what I like to do. And so I was in a situation where I'm like, I need a job change. And what am I going to do? I'm not going to start a software company. I couldn't even put my mind around that. I, I tried to go out to the job world, but I, I don't know. People kind of read me in that way. It's like I was very unemployable. And even though I have a real good track record. And so I'm like, and so, yeah, you're right. I, okay. So I, I kept looking into it and I'm, I'm hooked in on LinkedIn. I was looking at all these guys from the, my, business that we're moving into CBD. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm cannabis friendly my whole life. I mean, why shouldn't I, you know, if I make money on, on cannabis? It should be me, right? And all my friends. Start to recover so, some of my investment. Yeah, so then, absolutely. So about the beginning of this year, I decided, hey, man, I got to do something else, right? And I went on a tour. You know, I went to Denver a couple of times. I went to Oregon. I went to Utah. I went to Kentucky. I went to Florida and I started visiting all these places because I was like, you know, I didn't want to, you know, I come from a side of the business where you deal right with the manufacturer. So I didn't really want to deal with distribution and trying to sell the big products out there, like, uh-huh. you, know, you know, the top brands. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the other part. Okay. This is what made me really start the store. I was, I was, I had like a $200 a month CBD habit and I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> and the insurance doesn't cover it. Right. And so I was buying two ounces of cream for 70, 80 bucks. I bought, I, you know, I, the only thing I could afford was a thousand milligram tincture. And it was like, I found it for $99 in certain places, you know? And so I would go through that in a month and I'm like, this is crazy, you know? And so I really felt like the EpiPen victim, you know what I mean? It was like, I found something that worked, but now I got to refinance my house every month, you know, just <laughs> So, so it drove me to figure out a better way. And, and that's what drove me to go right to the manufacturers. And I made, I, you know, I'm pretty good at that kind of stuff. I made friends with people. I went to extraction facilities. I learned it all. I went to labs. I went to grow, you know, to farms. Yeah. I, I've been growing, you know, my backyard for 20 something years. So I'm very familiar with how. Where do you live? I live up in, well, I don't want to tell you. Yeah, no, no, I live in Los Angeles, but I live okay. up in the hills. I live in a suburb and I've got a very private backyard and okay, cool. you know, so it works out. And I, I just knew there was a better way. And, and that's really what, what drove me to find all these great things. And I found some great products and I found great people out there and I found people that really cared and I found people that didn't care. You know, I found the good, the bad, and the ugly. I went to trade shows and I basically just put together a really good, affordable, that 
product line that works. I mean, it's like, I'm the main tester. I have two bad feet every night. I have chronic pain in both my feet. I'm the perfect comparison. Like I have a you know, secret sauce that I like, cream. And anybody who sends me another cream, I put it on my other foot. You know, it's like, I have, I'm the perfect test site. I like tinctures. I like everything about, you know, so I, I built a little crew of my friends and family to test products with me. And we really got down and, and tested stuff and we figured out what worked. And then I figured out what, you know, kind of bargains I can make at my store. And, you know, I, I just kind of approached it from that. I didn't approach it from, oh, let me, I'm going to be the biggest brand in the world or I'm going to franchise, I'm going to be a millionaire, anything like that. I just kind of built the company around my own personal experience and my desire to kind of like spread the word. And awesome. uh, Yeah. That's so far. So your store in LA? Yeah, it's right here. It's two miles from my house. So I, I built a great commute out of the deal. It's right in Glendale in a little town called Montrose. So two and a half miles from my house. And, um, you know, it's a very, it's a nice little suburb, you know, of LA. Within three miles of my office, there's 30,000 or so residents. Within five miles, it's even bigger. So it's a nice neighborhood. And I got myself, you know, a nice location eventually worked out. That was, that was as big a challenge as anything, was trying to find a landlord that would rent to me. Uh, most of, you know, most strip centers or anything with like a big anchor store, like a CVS or a, a Starbucks in it, are all corporate owned or trust owned. And they're like, what do you want to open? And I'm like, oh, it's a natural health place. What is it called? CBD comfort zone. Oh, no cannabis. Sorry. You know, and so I finally found a landlord that and a realtor that was really on my side that talked his landlord into like, hey, hey, this will be great. And, you know, then I had a battle with the city to get a permit because they mixed it in because they're like, oh, no marijuana stores. I'm like, no, I don't sell marijuana. I sell hemp. And so we went through that little routine and I paid and we're still kind of fighting, but they're not hassling me and I'm paying my taxes. So everything's cool on that side. And yeah, I'm doing a ribbon cutting tomorrow, uh, Thursday you know, for a grand opening. Stop! So exciting! Yeah, so we've been open since September 1st, kind of. And yeah, people have been coming in and it's working out pretty good. Amazing! And are you filling it with all of your own products or do you vet out different products to be able to put in there? At this point, yeah, I'm doing it that way where I'm just bringing in products and telling the story of, you know, the research I've done. It's the most affordable way to really go when you get started. You know, I could spend thousands upon thousands of branding my own stuff. And also, you know, I was kind of like, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not a scientist on that side. I'm just a real educated end user, you know, yeah. who, has a, who has a lot of knowledge about it. And so I really, you know, I want to leave the, you know, it's like I always left the programming to the programmers, you know, yeah. and leave me to the solutions. Yeah, right? know, so, your, know your lane. Yeah, know your lane. And then, you know, if you have your own brand, it feels, it feels kind of fake, right? You're going to push your own brand, right? You know, right or wrong for the customer, you're going to push your own brand, right? Because that's what you got yeah. all your money into. And I just didn't want to get in that situation. Uh, now, there's some creams and stuff that I've modified with the manufacturer because they've liked my input, I guess. You know, I'm always willing to talk about stuff. You know, so there might be a potential where I could put some, my name on a, on a certain product that I really believe in and that I've modified a bit. But that's, you know, that's in the future, I would say. I like my approach, you know, because now I'm wide open. People call me all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, send it over. I'll test it. You know, don't worry. I got two bad feet. I give them the same story. 
Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. A lot of what I love talking with, first of all, congratulations. So exciting. Happy yeah. to come out and cut a ribbon with you, by the way. <laughs> so fun. Um, we Makes me a little nervous. Yeah. Do you have a big show coming out? Like, do you, are there a bunch of folks coming out for it? Uh, well, let's hope. Did, <laughs> I you call, little... did you call some like news folks? And yeah, yeah, it's I, I joined both the chambers, and in my neighborhood is an old school neighborhood, yeah, in Montrose, and they have two chambers there, so they they do it all. They, you know, yeah, so fun. Have, yeah, so it, it's all it's all good, and and actually, the local paper wrote a real nice article about me, and so the the Glendale News Press, which is part of the LA Times local you know yeah. section, yeah, wrote a real nice article about me kind of telling the same story so look it up <laughs> amazing i will I'll link it out so we run a business mentorship group and i have you know a handful of brands we're super selective about who we're working with but i have a handful of brands who are just fantastic as far as like quality is concerned and the efficacy goes and really taking their time to develop the formulations to be functional mm -hmm. and, and diverse. So I will get you guys connected so you can get some samples from them. I mean, I have cream that is like my, my daughter has food allergies, but I can't keep her out of gluten or dairy. Like Somehow at school, she's always ended up with somebody else's snack. So she always gets this like eczema on her arms and no kidding. At the end, she comes home with a little rash. I put this lotion on it at the end of the day, no rash. Man. I've been using it on my skin too. And, and when I got pregnant, I got this like melano, melanin sort of dark spot here on my face. Mm -hmm. It's completely eliminated now. And I was like, I was like, what are these? Because I'm 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 a can of sore, right? Like I come from humble. The I mean, it was it was hard to convince me that diet weed was going to be, you know, a big, yeah, a, a big, yeah, like a big thing, right? Oh, I, now I love hemp. Now I now I love hemp, and I'm yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I think it's awesome for almost everything, and but I was seeing these novelty products sort of pop up, like you know, a skincare thing or. A, facial toner or whatever and I was like this bullshit right here like what what is this and it works I'm like now I'm like I don't use anything but my <laughs> my you know CBD face cream or whatever it is yes. so okay. I'm like I'm a hundred percent believer and mm -hmm. all of the different novelty products like don't knock it till you try it I even at the deepest part of my core where I'm like Cannabis is probably the a, a more powerful medicine. Mm -hmm. I think for you know daily use, hemp is on the rise. Like it is, it is absolutely a contender and absolutely. quickly becoming one of my faves. What is? I mean, what an exciting time for you! Just starting your store, just getting ready to open up. Um, what, what for you was the biggest? Was, what was the biggest challenge for you or the biggest learning curve that you went through to get to where you're at right now? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I mentioned the challenge of finding a place yeah. right? and, and the city challenges and all yeah. that, you know, really the biggest challenge in anything like this, I think is, you know, kind of your own personal self doubt. You know, it's like, can I do this? You know, I have no, mm -hmm. I haven't been in retail since my college days when I was selling shoes at the mall, you know, <laughs> 
I mean, is this something I could do? And is this something that people would want to come visit? And, you know, it's a whole new marketing for me because, you know, marketing software to businesses is a lot different than marketing CBD to consumers, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of dealt with a lot of that, you know, I was like, oh, should I really invest all this money, you know? But, uh, you know, I just kind of approached it like I approach everything in business. Um, I brought a lot of new technology to the world. Right. And so when I started my when I graduated college in 1989, you know, the first job I had was with the Eastman Kodak company, bringing big duplicators and digital copiers to the marketplace. And then I got into color copiers in the early 90s. So I brought, you know, the whole revolution of color printing and copying the world. And then I got into networks. So I was, you know, brought the whole networking to the world. And then I got into off the shelf software in which I took the, you know, the software and I brought that to the, you know, to the world. So I kind of, you know, been using that and like, you know, I've been an observer of technology. And if you think like how many new technologies have gone on in just my lifetime and your lifetime, you know, we went from pagers to cell phones, to smartphones, we went from, you know, nothing to internet to billboard system to social media. So you kind of have to like look at all you know, past technology revolutions and try to apply it as much as you can and kind of learn from your, you know, I made a lot of mistakes in business. <laughs> I've lost plenty of money. I've taken, you know, bad turns, but I've taken good turns too, you know? So you kind of have to, I think that's a challenge is like trying to equate like, oh, what do I want my store to be? Do I want it to be the Walmart where we go direct to manufacturers and we're affordable or I want to be Sephora where I have my name on everything and I sell just my brand and things like that. I don't know if that's correct, but you know, so you kind of have to look at, you know, look at all of that. So I think all of those were the challenges. And then, you know, you just, I mean, you, you think you're doing something right. <laughs> Who knows? I'm always like thinking, Oh, there's, the, the shoe will drop, you know, the FDA will come out and tell me that CBD causes cancer or something like that, you know, so <laughs> whatever it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta think like that. I don't that. know that I would trust it even if they did say that. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, you know, you know, you gotta hope that they don't reverse the laws or, you know, there's all sorts of challenges, but that's really what I did. I, I, I constantly, every day, I think like, is this a good decision? How can I equate it to my past 30 years of making business decisions and observing different businesses? And, you know, hopefully I get some things right. All you have to do is get a couple things right and you'll be successful. Yeah, I totally agree. You don't agree. have to be right all the time. You just have to be right once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You have to have the have to have the cojones to try in the first place and then figure it out as you continue on. I love this conversation because most often I get to talk to a lot of CBD brands, not too often that I come across um, a CBD retailers. And I have tons and tons and tons of inquiries from across the country, Canada, Mexico, I mean, all over the place of people yeah. who are saying like, what are the ways to get into the industry? I have this asset or I have that asset. And uh, I've been telling a lot of the folks who have existing commercial real estate buildings and, you know, a pretty good location and things like that. I'm like, you know, really consider opening up a retail store, but I want to hear from a perspective from the business owner yourself why store instead of a brand first of all that like the, i want to know why you selected that path first and then i have a follow up question 
Well, I'm more of like a guy who likes to deal with the end user. And that's really my driving force for opening a store. I just wanted to talk to people and help people out. I felt like I wasn't equipped to do brand. You know, that's not, that was not part of my DNA. You know, that's not what I do at all. I, I deal with people. I ask them current questions about what's going on today, what brought them in here, what hurts, what, you, what are your current strategies for, you know, solving your sleeplessness. And then I come up with new, new solutions. And that, that's kind of it. I'm a problem solver. I'm an untangler, I call myself. And so it was very attractive to me to be able to talk to people on a regular basis. I think I thought that like the branding idea was just beyond, it was really beyond me. I didn't really even consider it. I didn't, you know, it's not, it's not who I am. So I figured I would just find some good brands. Yeah. Uh, and what was your other, what was the other question on that? My follow-up question would be, my follow-up question to that is, what are you anticipating? And because I'm, I'm certain that you did your research and, you know, so on and so forth. So what are you anticipating in your growth in first year? Um, mm. Like, where do you think you'll be as a business owner? <laughs> well, hopefully still in business, but let's go with, you know, if I was going to bring a crystal ball out, the very first thing you have to do, I think, is figure out how to duplicate yourself, right? The reason, you know, when somebody comes into my shop, there's a, like a 90% chance they're going to buy, you know, if, if I'm working on you, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm very convincing and I, you know, I'm passionate, right? And one thing I have to do is make sure I can duplicate myself. And that was a, that was a challenge for me in the software business because there were so many variables. Mm -hmm. But here it's, it's pretty, you know, there's a, definitely a path. And so I've been able to train like two different people so far and they're doing okay. And so one, I got to figure out how to duplicate myself. And, you know, so that when customers come in, they get the same experience if I'm there or not. Right. And yeah. you look at my Yelp reviews and, and all my reviews, you know, everybody loves it. Right. Then, you know, get this store going and get my online store kind of matched up going. Uh, it's been, you know, you can't prioritize everything. Right. So I, you know, I've kind of simultaneously opened my brick and mortar store and I kind of, you know, two weeks later opened my online store, but my online store has been, you know, not too successful. We've sold like 10 things. Um, different set <laughs> of challenges online. Well, much different. And so I'm already, you know, working on it with another person. I've already, you know, fired the first person and hired somebody else to redo the whole website. You know, so there's, there's that challenge. And, and I, I'm hoping to kind of open more stores, you know, in the local area. I think I could duplicate myself, you know, so I need to find somebody that I trust, you know, that's fully trained. I think we're on the path to that to handle my store because, I mean, I'm working seven days a week right now, you know, yeah. in my old life, I, you know, I, I sold software mostly via the phone and internet like this. I worked out of my house since, you know, for 20 years and, yeah. Had my own time. Now I always, I joke with my wife, I'm sitting in my little prison cell down there. You know, I, I love it though. It's one of, it's my favorite job ever, but, but it's like, you know, it's a whole different ball game for me. So then I got to figure out, you know, like where my next store is. And I'm telling you, that's the biggest, that's the bigger challenge is trying to find a landlord located a few times, build a couple stores. I, I guess that's the future. I don't know the time frame. I, I mean, I think within within a you know by this time next year, I'm hoping to have three stores and a successful website. Wow, awesome. that would make me happy.
Awesome. But we'll see if I have the energy. I mean, I'm having a great time, to be honest with you. I love walking, you know, when people walk in and they come right to, they come right to the counter, they come right to me. They're like, I've seen you in the paper. I, here's my problems. And I'm yes. like, yes. I'm like, I love it. Yeah. So stuff like that. Like, I don't, I don't even want to get away from it. You know, I thought, so I don't mind working seven days a week. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, when we when we opened up the one of the first dispensaries here in Colorado, it was a similar feeling where I was like, "Holy shit, this is so exciting!" My husband didn't have a similar sentiment because he was coming from like finding real estate, developing it out, putting in the SOPs to be able to cultivate. He had incredible distribution channels with most of the dispensaries down in your area, even yeah. though we were most of our area, most of what we were cultivating was coming from Northern California, and it was it was such an exciting time, but he was dealing with bulk and I was like shelling out eighths or, you know, yeah. quarters or whatever at this dispensary. And he was just like, this is some bullshit. <laughs> it wasn't like, it wasn't moving fast enough for him, but I loved working with the end user. And I think it's important to know your own strengths, mm-hmm. like the pieces of, of the business that you're most passionate about, but it was such an exciting time. And similar to what I'm seeing happen now in the, in the offline landscape is like, more and more of these retail centers that are popping up. But for me, it's like a real community is being built around these retail centers, conversations, important conversations and important um, development of consciousness is happening. And I think with the movement that we're seeing is people taking back their freedom and uh, taking it upon themselves to unearth the truth and, and test and try new things. We're not just taking the advice of doctors at face value anymore, not to diminish the medical system, but I think that they are also in their monotony. They're also in their rhythm and in their routine where, you know, they, I do not believe that they actively pursue information or education outside of what they've already done mm-hmm. and where wherever their expertise is wherever their specialized knowledge is like that's where they stay and it's a very far and few in between that i find you know a, a medical professional who is willing to a spend longer than seven minutes on average with you in their office mm-hmm. but b give you supporting information of like alternative things that you can do before they start to pull out their prescription pad. So for me, that system is broken and I, and I'm really, really encouraged by the pop-ups of these stores and the people like yourself who are passionate, who are educated, who are experiencing their own transformation and therefore can allow that to be a ripple into their community. I think it's such a powerful thing and I'm really excited to watch the growth Real quick, three key, three key pieces of advice that you might be able to offer a budding entrepreneur who wants to, who is, who might consider having their own store. You know, know what you're good at. You know, if you are really good at making a brand and go that route, if you, if you want to sell to end users, go my route, you know, if you, you know, so really understand what you're good at. Keep it simple. Like a lot of people that come to my stores my store, I should say, but you know, they've obviously, some of them are like, you know, CBD curious, newbies, a lot of them are, you know, but I think a good portion of the people that come in my shop have been somewhere else before and we're not satisfied. So they, you know, like everybody, a lot of people are jumping in, right? All the vape stores are trying to jump in yeah. and they're not, you know, they, you know, people walk in there and they can't get any advice. You know, everything is, packaged up. So, you know, my other advice would be to 
use your own stuff, you know, have a personal experience with everything. I've been to, a, you know, when I did my research, I went to a lot of different shops where they didn't have samples out or somebody who can talk about it or, you know, I mean, it's expensive stuff. So a lot of shops like, you know, don't really want to open up a bottle of tincture and try it, but you, know, you got to make the investment. Yeah, absolutely. Watch your credit, you know. <laughs> Don't fuck it up. That's my advice for the day. Yeah, don't fuck up your credit, man. Because you know, <laughs> a lot of people in this industry don't have credit or money. And so if you have a little bit of each either, then you're, you're going to be ahead of everybody and a lot of people. So, <laughs> I mean, I find that you know, like if you could pay cash for stuff, you've got a better price. Yeah. <laughs> Back Bottom. to the old school, guys. Online, <laughs> you're like, hey, what if, I, what if I, instead of credit card, I wire you the half that money now and I'll wire you the other half. You know? So you got to be able to negotiate. All right, 10% off for you. Yeah. So I, I'm always negotiating on behalf of I guess, myself and by my, my customers. I, I pass on the savings. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm so excited to follow what you're doing over there. I think okay. it's been- really, really cool. I would definitely love to come and do a feature on you in store. So super fun. Um, yeah. I, a yeah. lot of the, a lot of the film storytellers that I work with are out in LA and we, we love to come out and do like more extensive branding stuff for, for different, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the way from soil to sale, like every aspect of this, we love to capture and sort of tell and share the story to humanize what's happening. Cause I think it's just like, there's so much hype around it. It's, t- it's difficult to really digest, you know, mm-hmm. what's happening and, and how fast it's happening. So we would love to come and check you out. I think it'd be a really good time. Thank you so much for the value and your incredible story. I'm so happy that it brought you to, to our side of the batting cage. I think it's going to be a fun few years for you, for sure. I can always hear and I can always hear like the ones who are most nonchalant, you're, you're kind of nonchalant. You're like, Hey, I'm just doing what I love at this point. I want to make a difference. Like it, it's just such a cool nonchalant sort of vibe. I think, I think you're going to do very, very well. Oh, so I'm excited you. to, I'm excited to watch your journey and thanks so much for spending time with us today. Oh, what my a pleasure. great story. It's been, it's been great. I'm glad you enjoyed. Hey guys, for those of you who are tuning in and you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and share it around. Let us know what you thought. All of the links, which by the way, where can they find you, your products, your store? Okay, well, it's called CBD Comfort Zone, right? Spelled just like you would think it would be and it's .com. So you can find me on the internet. And if you're anywhere in Los Angeles, look me up and you know, come to my store and let me know where you came from and we'll talk. All right. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. You guys, all of the links that you will need for any of the social handlings or where you can find Stu will be located right here in the show notes and in the blog with, along with all of the highlights from today's show. If you are looking for products that you can trust, check us out at medicalsecrets.com. And if you are a budding or budding entrepreneur or an existing brand owner hitting glass ceilings or bottlenecks in your business, go ahead and check us out at theemeraldcircle.com for some tips and tricks on how you can accelerate past the inevitable challenges that come along with this incredible industry. I'm your host, Sonia, and this is The Hemp Revolution. We'll see you on our next show, guys. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to another Rockstar episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez. And just for you, we took notes on this episode along with the links and other resources mentioned inside of today's show. Get them for free right now by going to theemeraldcircle.com. Now, if you want more on this, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you like to listen, and you will be automatically entered in to our monthly giveaway where you can get swag bags, all kinds of cool gifts and discounts from our guests, and exclusive offers that are only mentioned right here in the Hemp Revolution podcast. I can't wait for you to share this with your friends. With your help, we've been able to impact millions of people's lives around the world with the truth about hemp and cannabis. And we know that you love us so much that you're going to leave a review and rate us right now on your favorite platform to absorb content just like this. Now, we challenge you to dream big and love the life that you live. Thanks so much. And we hope to see you on our next episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. Ciao for now.